Are you a University of Rochester student looking for jobs, internships, or even upcoming events across campus? If so, we recommend using Handshake, which is an opportunity recommendation tool that grows with you over your time here at Rochester. Not only can you do all the things I've already mentioned with Handshake, you can also use the platform to schedule one-on-one virtual or in-person appointments with a Green Center Career Advisor. To check it out for yourself, visit rochester.joinhandshake.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Careers Unfiltered. My name is Casey Yu, and I'm joined by my co-host, Danae. Hello, Danae. Hi, Casey. We are super excited today because our friend, Amina Sharif, is here to join us. And Amina graduated from the University of Rochester in 2019 with a BA in Digital Media Studies, as well as a BA in Education. While here at the U of R, she actually worked at the Green Center as a marketing communications and graphic design assistant. She continued her education at Kent State University in Kent, Ohio, where she earned her MFA in visual communication design in 2021. While there, she was a graduate TA for DP3 and graphic design one, as well as an adjunct professor for visual design for media. Currently, she's freelancing for her father's business, a small athletic startup, as well as personal clients. Her freelance work encompasses logo design, product design, branding and strategy, and web design since 2018. And she also has an adorable illustration account on Instagram called at Handivity. So please check it out. We'll put those in the show notes. But welcome, Amina. Hello. Thank you for that introduction. So well put together. Yes. No, thank you for joining us. We're really excited to hear more about what you've been doing. And so if you could please tell us a little bit about yourself, we'd love to hear it. Yes. So hello, everyone. Um, As Casey introduced me, my name is Amina Sharif. I graduated in 2019 from the U of R and I worked at the Green Center. Um, And then I completed my undergrad in DMS, which is a design related degree, as well as education. Um, I wanted to pursue education, at least that's what I thought I would be doing, teaching in the future, but then things kind of took a turn and I really liked my design degree and I decided to continue pursuing that as I felt like there were areas um, that I was kind of lacking in my design skill set. So I decided to go to Kent State University where I joined a grad graduate program Um, called Visual Communication Design, and here I was able to complete my MFA. I actually started as an MA and then decided to pursue my MFA, which is um, more work, double the credits, and it also gave me the opportunity to fund a thesis and also teach at the college level, and I just graduated last month, so now I'm kind of like taking it easy, taking a break, freelancing a little bit here and there, and then also potentially looking for new job opportunities. Um, And I moved to Virginia, so kind of like a a lot of hopping around in the last couple of years. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. So for the listeners out there, um, Amina worked in the Green Center and I had the pleasure of getting to work really closely with her while she was there. And um, many of you probably don't know this, but she's actually the one who designed our logo. Um, which is just something I cherish so much that even though she went on and went forward with her career and going to grad school, she's still a little bit 
of a part of our podcast. So that's just a really fun little quick note. And congratulations, by the way, on graduating. That's so exciting. Thank you. Yeah. And we were just saying before, it feels so exciting to like kind of come full circle and see that, you know, being a part of the start of this um, podcast and now being able to guess on it, it's crazy. So it is, it really is. So to switch gears a little bit, um, I would love to hear what your college experience was like at Rochester and what was your deciding factor um, to major in digital media studies? I know you touched on it a little bit, but I just love to learn a little more. So actually, I started out as a mechanical engineering student because I loved calculus in high school. So I thought I was going to be an engineer, and I started out as a freshman on the mechanical engineering course. And then I felt like I kind of like hit a roadblock. Like it was just a little too rigid for me. I guess like I didn't feel like I could be as creative in this field, and I felt like things were kind of like all set up for me. And I didn't see myself doing that as a future career, although I did enjoy some of the courses that I took. So then I had about a year and a half that I was kind of in limbo. And I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to study. And then I happened to just like be going through all the majors. um, Again, like kind of like reevaluating what I want to do. And I happened to find DMS, which was pretty new at the time. I think only four classes had graduated with that degree. And I decided, why not? Let me just try out a course um, in DMS. And it kind of just started from there. And I kind of like fell in love with just the idea of doing design related coursework. And I had a lot of fun in it. And then I decided to just um, take that and pursue DMS as an undergrad. And then I always wanted to do education, like at least I've always known I wanted to teach sometime in the future. So I was hoping that I could also do something related to education, except U of R didn't offer an undergrad education degree unless you were part of the Warner School of Education, which you had to get accepted to when you were in high school. So I wasn't a part of that. So I found a way to create kind of my own major through the interdepartmental office. And I was able to kind of design my own education major, of course, with the approval of advisors. And that was how I was able to complete both a design major and an education major. I love that your major is design for DMS, but then also you're able to design your own education major. It seems like the sort of same characteristics in both. And so I am curious, like in terms of your MFA then in visual communication design, what sort of motivated you to do that or like, or even what your thesis was? I am curious about that because you were also able to combine teaching at this grad level, um, which built upon your education major. So any thoughts on that? Yeah. So basically, as I was saying before, DMS was a really new undergrad major. So The issue with that that I found was that a lot of the professors were adjunct or like they were like sourcing like other um, professors that weren't necessarily as, I guess, like learned in the field. So it was like a lot of like, okay, people from the English department, people from the art department, people from, um, you know, video and photography department. So they got a lot of professors together. Um, And I just felt like, I guess, my design skill set and what I was able to learn still felt like there was a lot lacking in it. Like, I didn't feel really prepared with that specific major to, like, go out and start working, which, I mean, I could have, but I think 
I had more that I wanted to learn, um, specifically things related to like website design or how to use specific software. I just felt like I wasn't up to par um, as like designers that I knew around me that had gotten a degree. So I decided that I wanted to pursue it as a graduate kind of studies. And I, I always thought that I was going to do my master's in education. Um, but then at this point, I was like, I think I'm, I'm more interested in design. And luckily, I was, I was able to combine education kind of in there. I started out as an MA, which um, was like a year and a half to two years, you can finish your MA. And I started with that and I was able to take courses. And I really fell in love with all the coursework and everything that I was learning that I decided to continue. And some of my professors also had asked me to stay longer. So I was able to complete an MFA, which usually would take three to five years, but I was really ambitious and I <laughs> overloaded every semester and tried to like complete it. And the thing is with the MFA, it's double the credit. So instead of 31 for the MA, it was 62, but you also have to teach courses and defend a thesis, which I originally didn't want to do, which is why I started with the MA, but my professors were like advising me that I should go that route. And then in the future, if I wanted to teach, I have that degree under my belt. It's, it, it's what the design field would call the PhD of um, the design degree because it's the highest degree you can get. And so I was able to fortunately get my degree. So I'm now able to teach at the college level and also have a higher degree. So I'm able to do more. And I think I learned a lot from that experience. Although in the beginning, I was kind of reluctant to go down that route, especially because I was kind of like, I am just at what at that point I was like, I'm done right now. I want to take a break. So that's kind of what pushed me to do it in two years. Uh, it was crazy, but I think, I think the quarantine kind of helped you know, cut out my commute and cut out the times that I maybe would be spending outside. And um, I was able to like spend a lot of time indoors and just focus on my studies and complete everything there. Oh, and to answer your question about my thesis, it was um, about, the title was Aligning Humanity with Technology. So it's all about social networking sites, things like Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all of that, and how design plays a role in those and the ethics of design in all those um, forms of media and how it's uh, affecting our psychological behavior. So it's kind of like a little summary of how, or of what I wrote about in my paper. I love that. That to me, I would love to read it. It sounds so fascinating. Um, and I know since like knowing you for the past few years, you've always had a love for teaching but what was it like being an adjunct while you were there? And this was during um, COVID, right? So was it all virtual? Like, how was that experience? Yeah. So basically, I think, was it March of 2020 that everyone kind of went remote? Um, so at that point, all my classes obviously were online. And then I was taking courses about college teaching, which was kind of an interesting experience because usually in person you would kind of they would the professors would kind of divide you up and I first started as a graduate TA so I was able to kind of shadow professors teach um, and grade all the students so I had to kind of learn how to use the back like the opposite end of blackboard which was so weird to me at that point and I mean I've I've used blackboard so it, at least it was familiar I was familiar with it but now I was on like the teacher end of it and so I think being able to be a grad TA for two semesters and taking a college teaching course helped me prepare for that. 
but it only prepared me so much because of course, like my, my professors were telling me like, we've never done remote before. So they were trying to advise us as they were teaching their first online classes as well. So I think everyone was learning together, including my professors. And we were kind of like, we kind of formed a little group of like the grad, uh, grad, graduate students who were teaching online. And we kind of would have meetings every week on like, what do we do? How do we change the materials that we're supposed to teach in person and teach it online? And so that kind of prepared me to teach as an adjunct professor because now I was on my own. And so what I did was um, thank the Lord for Google Slides because we were able to use Google Slides and like present everything on there. I used Google Docs and that was how I was able to communicate with my students and I was able to, you know, share my lectures. But it, it was hard, I think. And I think for even the students, like everyone's going through a difficult time. I don't know what every student situation was. So it was it was hard at times to get people to be like interactive when not everyone wants to turn on their video and talk, um, especially since my class was on Friday at 8 a.m. So it was that class that, you know, the students don't want to really be there. And I had seniors and juniors. Um, I don't think they knew, but I, I was only like a year or two older than some of them. But um, yeah, so that was a little weird, but I think just what I would do to kind of get the students, I guess, up in the morning is I would have like a question of the day, like every morning. And I would put on some lo-fi music in the beginning to just let them roll in the first like five to seven minutes. And then I would like ask a question like, you know, what's the last series you binge watched? And like everyone would kind of like talk and then we'd start a conversation. And that's kind of how I would get them up and going in the morning. Um, but it was it was a it was a nice experience. I think I I would love to teach in person one day, and I still have yet to get that experience. But I think that gave me I guess the online experience that now I'd be able to teach in a remote setting. But yeah, it was nice, and I, it was interesting because we had to take the whole like the whole coursework that we you know teachers had taught this course for so many years, and then transform it to an online course. So. I think we had to do a little bit more work than perhaps, you know, graduate students who taught it before. But luckily, I had my peers to work alongside with and we were teaching the same course. We were able to work together every week and kind of like figure out how we were going to teach the course and how we were going to do like, you know, exams and quizzes, and things like that in an online setting. So it was nice. It was a new experience. And hopefully I'm looking forward to like teaching in the future one day again. Oh, I love that you had a community with like your fellow peers as well as like your professors, but then also were able to create a community within your classroom. Like if I had a question of the day, I think I would find that motivating to go to my classes as well. So that's really sweet. And I know you mentioned that you are interested then in teaching in the future. Is that for like the college level, um, even for younger, or is that still unknown in your mind? I think I enjoy teaching older students just because I think we can relate a little bit more. I used to always say high school level when I was younger. And then after I got to the college level, I was like, no, I think I'm just going to keep it at college. Um, <laughs> but for now, I think I would like to teach college students. Um, and of course, if I teach something related to design, it would probably be more like a specific design course, unless I was teaching like a high school offered design course. Like, I think that would be exciting and kind of fun to like introduce students to that. But I think if I was to teach like a more specialized course, I think I would enjoy teaching at the college level. And I think 
for right now, I would like to focus a little bit more on getting more experience myself in the design industry. And then once I feel more comfortable with that, I would, I would like to go back into teaching maybe part-time. I don't know about full-time, but I know some of my professors was like, you should just go into teaching. And I was like, maybe sometime down the road. Um, but yeah, it's on, it's on my, you know, it's on my list of things to do in the future, but yeah, I think I think college college levels where I'm I'm aiming for right now. And honestly, like what you were explaining with your whole experience teaching, it sounds like you have had such a great learning experience. Like you're thrown into the world of teaching college students during a pandemic, right? Like what a wild time. Like you're learning so many different new skills and like you weren't alone through that. You were working with tons of other people in the same boat. And I think that's really great that you've added that to your resume. And then going forward, whenever you decide to work with college students again, full-time, part-time, you have that under your belt. And I think that's so awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I think like the whole quarantine and online remote learning, like I think there were sides to it that were you know, hard, but there were sides to it that were beneficial. And I think remote learning is definitely something that you know, it's, it's become so like common. Everyone does remote learning now. And I think it's something that we're going to continue to see as we go on and and who knows like what college is going to look like in the next five, six years and remote learning might be the thing that, you know, becomes way more common than we're used to. And I think it, it kind of pushed us, at least this quarantine experience kind of pushed us to experiment with new ways of learning and now, you know, hybrid and in-person and remote, they're all like different opportunities, different options. And you see some people, some students thrive more in remote settings and some students don't. And I think it's great that we have, you know, the, the variability out there now for you to try out and, you know, see what works for you, what doesn't work for you. So definitely. So I wanted to ask you for the undergraduates out there who are contemplating following a similar career path as you, what skills do you think that they should be developing right now? I think for undergrads, I guess if you, when you say following a similar career path, you mean like design related or you just yeah. mean like personal masters and that kind of thing? I would say pursuing design and whether or not that includes graduate studies that yeah. that's up to them. <laughs> I think one thing that I would say that definitely like looking back helped me. And I think the first thing I would do is just try to get out there and get some experience. Like you can only learn so much in a classroom. Classrooms uh, settings are going to give you assignments that have certain parameters and limitations and you have to kind of follow, um, you know, you have certain things that certain um, points that you have to meet when you do a project. And I think that is can, can be limiting to a degree until you actually put what you learn into use and actually experience it. So when you get out there and get an opportunity to do either an internship or some kind of job, I think that is where you're able to kind of see how your skills can be put and applied in the real world. And I think that's what actually helped me working at the Green Center was my first like real job at that point. And I think that helped me see that I wanted to pursue design because I was able to see how I was able to put those skills into use and apply them into real world settings and see, okay, how's your design being applied and used? And you're able to, you know, little things, whether it's a flyer or, you know, we were able to do logos or just experimenting with things and having people give you real, real life feedback on your work. And I think that was so helpful to see, you know, kind of look at other people around me to give feedback on the work that I'm doing. And I was only able to better 
myself and my work in that area. And that kind of is what I like, even now as a grad student, I think I still would like to get more experience. I still would like to go out there and see, you know, everything that I've learned, put it, putting in, putting it into application and seeing what others have to say. And I think like this career path is one that you will always learn and there's always more to learn. So that's, I guess that's what I would recommend is like going out there and getting experience. I think I've also definitely learned a lot from my on-campus jobs here at the Green Center and sort of seeing my skills being applied to real-life projects and such. And I guess, did you use freelancing as a way to also continue like putting your skills in action and like building up your skill sets? Oh, yes, for sure. So I've been doing freelancing for a very long time. I started it before I did my design degree. I would just do it kind of for family and stuff like that. Like just like little things like wedding invites or like flyers or little things that logos that people needed and things like that. And I think I was able to come across new experiences through, you know, somebody recommended me, for example, for this one job to like create a blog for um, there was somebody who was asking for a blog for their son who was in high school. And so I was able to, you know, create my first website. I knew I had skills. I've taken courses on how to do things like web flow and wireframing, but then I've never actually designed a website. So I was like, you know, really nervous when I first started that. Cause I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Like I've never done it. And now I'm doing it for an actual client, but I was able to learn along the way and like get certain skills under my belt that I didn't have before. So after that, I was able to get new new um, opportunities for designing a website. And now I'm able to do it comfortably where I, you know, I can put that on my, you know, resume and tell people like I can do website design and I feel comfortable doing it. And I was able to learn it through doing it for a client, even though, you know, I've taken courses, you know, in school, but I never actually designed a website for a class. It would be like, Oh, here's a pretend, you know, situation. You would think about how you would design it, but we didn't actually create a website. But now I'm able to like, for example, do that one thing because I had a freelance experience with that. And I think freelancing has helped me in a lot of different ways because I'm not just limited to doing one thing. I'm able to, you know, put out what I'm able to do in different fields and then try out new things and then hopefully build on my skill set as I go and, you know, um, you know, reach new opportunities that are, or experiences that are out there. So are you hoping to continue building out your freelance business or are you hoping to one day, maybe in addition to teaching, um, working within like a company of sorts as like their design manager? So as of now, so since I finished school, um, and it's been a long time since I've been in school, I'm taking it easy. So I'm just freelancing here and there. But I, I would like to get some experience in like, you know, a professional setting, I think for a little bit, but the end goal for me would be to, to start a business one day, what that business is and what I'll be doing. I have no idea at this point. And I think I'm still on that journey of figuring that out, but I would love to have my own business one day and potentially be teaching part-time as well. Um, but before I get to that place, I think I would like to try to work in the professional industry, work in a company and, you know, see how I like that. I think right now I like the fact that I'm in control of what I do and I can choose clients that I want to work with and projects that I want to work on, um, where as I won't have that same freedom necessarily, depending on, 
um, where I work. I mean, I'm sure there are opportunities out there where you can have more control and depending on what level you are at, at that company. But I think in the future, I would like to one day have my own business. But yeah, I don't know what that looks like right now, but I would love to do that in the future. That's really exciting to think about like all these possibilities and the fact that you can like open up your own business with the skills that you've developed and like all the work that you've done. That's so exciting. Like I'll definitely be cheering you on (laughs) from here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I guess like, I know you had mentioned like at the beginning of our conversation saying like, you were unsure about like what you were going to do with your life and like you were concerned about what you were going to even major in. But now you're talking about like, okay, you maybe want to open a business, you want to work in like the industry and then also teach. What sort of thing would you say back to like your own self back then that like these opportunities have sort of come about? Your career path has sort of been aligning itself. I guess I would tell myself to like panic less because I think I was like thinking I was going through like a midlife crisis in my undergrad. <laughs> but I think I would tell myself like I think what I've learned from my undergrad is like a lot of it is exploring. Like you don't have to know what you want to do from the get go as soon as you get into college. You don't need to know what you're going to do as a freshman. But I think you know the way society is it makes you feel like a lot of the times that you need to have like a set plan and you got to know what you're going to do in the X Y Z next step of your life. But that's just not how it works out. And you know it can take turns and twists in any direction and any time. I think like where I started out and where I am now is completely different. I thought I was going to be sitting in an office doing like physics and engineering, like working for some company. Um, But here I am doing something totally different. So I think I would just tell myself like, it's okay to explore. And just because every, you know, it seems like, you know, people around you have their life set and all put together. That's not how it is. Um, you know, and that's how it could be. Like, I think part of my like panicking came from the fact that like everyone around me knew what they were doing and I didn't, but that's okay. And sometimes you need a little bit more time to figure out what you want to do and explore what you like and what you don't like. Um, and I think that's the first step to getting closer to where you want to be. Thank you for being so honest with your response right there. Cause I think that's something that a lot of students may struggle with internally, but it's a little nerve wracking to even just come to terms that you might be wavering on what your initial thought process was on that. So again, like, thank you so much for just being so transparent with your experience. And before we got on the call, I was taking a little peek at your Instagram account and it is so cute. So everyone listening needs to go look at it. Um, But I was wondering, where do you get inspiration for your designs from? So a lot of, I guess a lot of my designs come like, I mean, some of them are from things that I watch, like movies that I watched growing up and things that I enjoy, like characters I enjoy from films and things that I've seen. I think like all of that feeds into like what, when I'm like putting the, I guess, pen to paper kind of a thing. But I also am really interested in like machines or technology or like how, you know, just like anything that I, anything that I see or interact with, I think that's kind of inspires me. Like, and I'm also so obsessed with food. So like any food or like things that I've tried, like new foods that I try and things that I like, I like to draw and kind of you know, like recently I'm trying to experiment making it more than just, I guess, like adding characters and food together, like mixing two things together or kind of challenging myself to see like, what else can I create? But I think it's a mix of things. I don't 
think I have like one straight answer for that, but I think things that I watch, things that I interact with, things I eat, like just things I do every day and every day, like those are the things that kind of influence me. I also really like things that are vintage. I don't have that many things that have drawn that are vintage yet, but I'm kind of still, I guess you could say still figuring out things I like to draw as well, but kind of anything that inspires me or that I'm feeling like drawing, I draw. Yeah. What, isn't there like a saying that there's like inspiration everywhere or something? I don't know what it is. I think I've heard that a few times, but yeah, that's, I just loved it when I was browsing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like these are so beautifully done. Oh, thank you. I just, it's, it's a hobby that kind of developed out of having a lot of time during college break. Um, I think it was last year or this year during winter break, I just decided to start. I had this account a long time ago. I actually started when I was younger and it was all like baked goods and foods and things I used to bake. And then I kind of changed the entire page to be more like illustrations because that's something I just do in my free time. So kind of switched it around. Yeah. And as a designer, do you ever get nervous sharing your work for the public to look at, possibly critique or love? Like, is that nerve wracking? Yes, completely. (laughs) Totally. I feel that all the time. The thing is with my illustration specifically, that's something that I kind of do more so as a hobby. Like I've never taken an illustration class before. Um, And it's kind of like a page I started just to kind of put on, uh, you know, post pictures of things I draw and like to, I guess, do it for the, uh, on the, uh, on the side for fun. Um, But I, I still get nervous to post things and see what people are going to react. And I feel like there's, there's no way to not be totally nervous and wonder what people are going to react to what you put out there. Cause again, like, I think going back to kind of what we were talking about before with people thinking to go on like a design route, um, there's always going to be somebody out there who can do something maybe more better or, or, you know, faster than you or whatever. And it's hard sometimes not to compare yourself to others, but I think, you have to realize that you're not on the same timeline as everyone else. And you, you know, sometimes you need to figure things out at a different time than someone else. And everyone has their own struggles when it comes to design, whether it's illustration or any type of design or anything that you do out there um, related to your degree or job. I think there's, there's always someone out, out, else out there that, you know, it could be easy to compare yourself to, but I think it's important to not compare yourself to people, even though that's hard to do. I think that's something that I've also learned um, being in this career as well. I definitely think that um, like this is your art, right? Like this is your own version of your art form and it can be a really personal thing. So um, I just love what you've done so far and what you've been sharing. And I can't wait to see what you get up to next. Um, And so we do have one more final question. Casey, do you want to take it away? Sure. So if you had to give one piece of advice to students, what would it be? If I had to give one piece of advice to students, I think, you know, kind of thinking, going off of what I was just saying right now, I think my advice would just be like, do your thing and try hard to not compare yourself. Comparison is a thief of, you know, happiness. And I think at the end of the day, we live in a society where you know, everyone around you is in a position where it could seem like everyone's doing things better, faster rate, or they're more successful, you know, and that's all like theoretical at the end of the day. I think it's important to kind of 
be in the moment, be present and kind of always be working to not be anyone else. But I think it's important to work every single day to be a better version of yourself than you were yesterday. So I think just taking time to better yourself and working on make, improving your own self and your own skill set rather than trying to be someone else and compare yourself to other people. That's I think that's what I would say to any students out there. Oh, that's such sound advice. Thank you so much, Amina, for joining us today. It's been so nice to see you and to have you to officially be a guest on the podcast. It's been so good. It's been so nice reuniting with you guys again and, you know, coming full circle, being a guest on a podcast that, you know, was just in its birth when I was working at the Green Center. <laughs> so I was so, I'm so happy to be here and it was so nice talking with you guys. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day. You too. If you enjoyed what you heard from our amazing guests and their career journeys, please give us a rating on your podcast listening platform of choice. Hit subscribe and share us with your friends. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time on Careers Unfiltered. Careers Unfiltered.